This episode is brought to you by the RISE 2021 Mastermind with Dr. Azzy Yankovic. Support, accountability, and inspiration to achieve your goals and move forward feeling inspired in life and in business. Check it out at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Dr. Azzy. That's D-R-A-Z-I. Jewish Latin Princess, episode 146, Jamie Geller, founder and CEO of Kosher Network International and Chief Media Marketing Officer at Age Global. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. The queen of kosher is back, ladies, and I couldn't be happier to start off 2021 with her. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome back to the show. Indeed, Jamie Geller is here. You may remember Jamie from episode 47 of this show. Jamie is the founder and CEO of Kosher International Network, the number one global kosher food media company and the world's most watched Jewish food network with an audience of 5 million and 1 billion views. One could say that Jamie stopped being the queen of kosher long ago and became the queen of Jewish media. And perhaps this is why today she and I get to discuss her latest and very exciting business venture. Just a few weeks ago, Jamie and Aish Hatora International announced that Jamie is now their chief media and marketing officer. In this capacity, she will spearhead Aisha's new Global Jewish Media Group initiative, responsible for the creation of engaging media content that intends to connect Jews to the wisdom of their heritage. From entrepreneur running her own show, literally, to operating under another organization, this might not be the typical path for an entrepreneur. But when you listen to how this new position with Aish came about and what Jamie has been tasked with, perhaps you start seeing the synergies between this new role and the empire that Jamie has already built. Of course, I had to find out how did this happen, Jamie tells us, and she also shares how the hand of God was evident in all of it. And if you're a budding entrepreneur wondering how to juggle family life as well, well, Jamie and I discuss this. And as always, Jamie is honest and delightful. In case you didn't know, Jamie is a mother of six and a seven-time best-selling author. She's a regular on the Today Show and Morning Show Circuit and has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Family Circle, Cosmopolitan, and Yahoo, among countless other media outlets. Here you go, ladies. Without further ado, here's the lovely Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller, welcome back to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you? It's so good to have you here. This was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done and my favorite podcasts ever. I think I went on record saying that. So I don't know what took you so long to bring me back, but I am happy to be here. Well, wait, I have to give credit. I don't know what took us so long, but I do have to give credit to our mutual friend, Rachel Moore of Moore Communications for saying, I think it's time you bring Jamie back and you want to know the hand of God is unbelievable because when she wrote to me, I said, this is very weird because I was just going through my rundown of 2021 and I was thinking, I really should reach out to Jamie. I think it's time to touch base again and bring her on the podcast. And literally an hour later, Rachel wow. writes, we haven't been in touch in a long time, Yael. And I just wanted to say, how come Jamie hasn't been back? And I'm like, really? <laughs> that That is so crazy. I did not know that backstory. Mm -hmm. I love hearing it. When was the last time I was on? You won't believe, but you were here on episode 47, and this is episode 145 or 46. We should save it. Hold it till episode 147. So we could say it took 100 episodes to get me back. Totally, <laughs> 100 episodes to get you back. That was in 2018. You were one of my earliest guests. Crazy. crazy. And so I'll see you at 247. <laughs> 
<laughs> Please God, but I would hope that in between we get to see each other in person. Oh, yeah, hang out. Yes, I'm talking about formally, professionally. Like, no. Exactly, exactly. Which I know we tried to do it last time I was in Israel. So, Hashem, God willing, next time I'm in Israel, because I think that's even better than you being in America. I'll go to Israel. We'll get together. No COVID. We'll hug and we'll, you know, we'll do our thing. But um, let, let's talk about your latest endeavor, Jamie, because I mean, this is news, I think, hot out of the press. You are now the chief media marketing officer at HS Global Network is at H, H Global, right? Yes. And so I mean, this is super exciting. So before I ask you how this came about, why don't you tell us exactly what is H Global and HS Jewish Media Group exactly and your new role with them? What is that about? Sure. So H Global is the umbrella organization for hundreds of branches, programs, and initiatives, both under the H name and also under sub subsidiary names all across the world. And so some of the most popular things people might know about is H.com. Over a million people come every single month to like one of the number one Jewish uh, websites in the world and has been for the last 20 years. And then also lots of major cities have their own H branches as well. And, and there are a myriad of programs also like in and around that operating on multiple continents and in, like I said, cities globally. So I was brought on to be um, head up the media and marketing department and to speak head the Jewish global media group mm -hmm. I'm creating it so we'll figure it out what it is together <laughs> you ask me what is it I mean this didn't exist before I got here this whole department was created um, with my arrival and it is just such an honor and pleasure to be spearheading Aish in terms of a executing the vision for the next 10 years, which the Rosh Yeshiva, the spiritual leader of H Global has put together a vision for us where he would like 3 million Jews to be learning about Jewish wisdom in 10 years. So every day, you know, we're all, you know, praying that we, we make that goal in 10 years. And I'm actually secretly praying that we exceed that goal. But those are our marching orders and media and a media department and a, a really, really intense, uh, this, this global media group that I told you about will be at the forefront and the heart of the strategy. Because as we know, when it comes to scale and reaching millions, obviously, um, the majority of that can happen online, but that doesn't negate that we do hope to have uh, in-person touch points as well. So it's very interesting because when you were describing at the beginning of what you were describing, I said, one minute, we're going from entrepreneur to being under somebody else, but it seems like you're still in a, quite an entrepreneurial role. You said it yourself, I'm creating this. So I love that because you're still going to be in your element as an entrepreneur. Correct. C completely incorrect. And to me, I feel like there's actually no difference. And it's interesting. We were talking about this before, you know, uh, we started recording about that difference, but I, you, you hit the nail on the head. And um, I think that there is a place for even within the context of a larger organization or corporation to be entrepreneurial. And I, that's where I have my sweet spot and that's what I love. But the beauty about being part of something larger is the opportunity to scale mm -hmm. in ways that you really almost cannot on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not to say that it's never, but certainly there's so many opportunities that offers being part of a, a global organization. And so it's kind of the best of both worlds. That is so, so cool. Now I, it begs the question and knowing you, so well and the type of conversation that we've had before on the show. I am sure that this incredible opportunity that landed on your lap when you pretty much are doing so well, I mean, you're the CEO of your own global kosher food media company, which is like an unbelievable thing. And this came about I can only imagine that we can see the hand of God play very clearly on how this happened. There's nothing random about this. Can you share with us a little bit, connect the dots of how this came about and how you've seen God's divine providence in this? Sure. Well, first of all, it didn't land in my lap. Nothing just lands in anyone's lap. And all the overnight successes are actually many, many, many years and tears in the making. But this is something that I actually pursued. Um, it's an idea that I've had for a few years and I was looking for a Jewish organization to pair up with and team up with. And it's something that I let percolate. 
And just about a year ago, exactly, I was at um, an H conference and I had the opportunity for the first time to meet the H Global CEO, Rabbi Steven Berg. And once I met him and heard him talk, he was the keynote address. And I thought, this is the man, this is the group, this is the organization that can, that can help execute this vision. And it took me another nine months to reach out to him for various reasons. I was busy. Um, I tried one way, it did another way. A pandemic happened in the middle of it. Um, but I, did, I didn't let it go. And then when I finally reached out to him in the middle, not the middle, but let's call it like the first few months after the pandemic, I think we connected in May, right? Mm-hmm. And really things started to get really heated up in terms of COVID, especially specifically in Israel, March, April. So at the end of May, I reached out to him and I shared my idea. But the hand of God, the divine providence was that he said, oh my gosh, I can't, like he didn't know why I was coming. He thought like, I'm just coming to schmooze with him, you know, like, well, it was like to, you know, you know, like a networking type of thing, hanging out, let have a meeting to see what, you know, how we can just get to know each other better. He had no clue what I was going to need to propose. And he said, we have been spending the last five years preparing for this moment and the last six months specifically restructuring and realizing that this one specific piece of media and marketing is what we need somebody to spearhead. I can't believe you just walked into my office. Like, it was like unbelievable. Like, he almost didn't want to let me go. He's like, we're doing it. We're doing it. I'm like, what? You know, we, we set up aside in a one hour meeting. I think we spoke for two hours and I had to like race out because, you know, I hadn't scheduled that much time. And he was like, this is it. We're doing it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I didn't expect that, but talk about, I'm glad I asked the question. <laughs> yeah. But you thought it just landed in my lap. Oh, like, just call me one day, like, oh, hey, Jamie, let's come over and, you know, no. <laughs> You have to go after, you have to envision everything that you want. You have to have vision, you have to have drive, you have to dream, and you must go after it. It's unbelievable because it speaks not only to your story, but to his. He also had this vision and he is also preparing for this vision. How it's going to come about, we don't know. We don't ever really know. That's God's department. We just have to have the very clear why and purpose and the what, what am I doing? This is what I could do. And how it's all going to get orchestrated. God takes care of that. And look at this story. Correct. Completely correct. Unbelievable. He's the ultimate architect. Ultimate. Totally, totally, totally. So, okay. So what, how, do, how is this going to play out with your own business life? Because you're running your own incredible empire here. And now this is going to be taking, I'm assuming, a lot of also your time and energy. So how are you planning for this merger of, you know, Jamie's time into the different areas? That has been the most challenging thing, obviously. And I certainly feel like... Um, I'm, I'm looking to see how I can figure that out better <laughs> um, because obviously all beginnings are difficult and the first few months are never a marker for, you know, how we intend, how I intend to juggle this and run this moving forward. But the goal really is to bring everything together, God willing. Um, in the mean, and I really believe that there is an opportunity for like a, a, a synergy and a partnership even between the two companies mm. that I think will benefit the greater goal. And so in, in essence, I don't really feel like I'm doing two different jobs. I feel like I'm working toward the same goal. And I feel like I've been doing this on a small scale. You know, everyone says, um, you know, they know, they know me for food, but you know me because you know me because we've spoken. I'm really a CEO. I'm, I'm not even cooking in the kitchen anymore. And to be honest, many, many years already, I'm not cooking. The company has scaled to a point that we have test kitchens in the U.S. and in Israel. We have production companies and social media manager companies where we work with, whether it's Florida or whether it's New York. And so... I haven't been in recipe development and in the kitchen for many years with regard to my company. Obviously, every once in a while, my family needs to eat dinner. So I, really? I make them cook. Yeah. I <laughs> but, make them um, cook. Totally. You're like, Here, here's the recipe. You'll love this one. It's four ingredients. Um, but um, so I, I very much feel that um, what I was working, what I was scaling and what I was doing was always to the benefit. Food was always a means to an end. It was a means to connect Jewish people, specifically the furthest of Jewish people to their culture, identity, and heritage, and to their stories, and to their past, and to their future, in essence. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like I said, this is really just how do we bring this all together? How do we make this all work together? And there's so many synergies and the departments and teams, we're doing so much cross promotion and cross pollination. And I'm sharing a lot of the talent that I've used here over there and vice versa. So, so far, so good, but I do have to work a little bit on 
settling down in terms of, you know, uh, getting settled time management, but we'll get there. Of course you will. I have absolutely no doubt. This is, it's just so beautiful to see how you already see how this could blend in seamlessly. And I also feel like, you know, you've, you've built what you've built. So you know, there's going to be kinks to deal with along the way. And like you said at the beginning, and it says in the Talmud, all the beginnings are hard. And that does, that doesn't that's not telling of what it's going to become. And your case in point, you've built this. So you, you, you can see very far ahead, which is obviously one of the many reasons that they, they saw that you're perfect for this, this beautiful role. Now, I do want to ask do you, because we talked in the past that both of us came to Jewish observance later in life. Was H one of an act like, I guess the question is, were you connected with age at some point in your life or throughout your development of your growth of Jewish observance? Yes. If we could continue to just see the hands of God, literally moving all the pieces and everything, as I said to you, it's almost, almost exactly a year to the day that I met and heard Rabbi Berg speak for the first time. And it's literally 20 years to the week that I decided to become religious and observe the Sabbath from an age weekend seminar it's called a shabbaton and it was this particular shabbat that just passed the the parsha was shabbat miketz it's a specific and it's like crazy 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 20 years to the weekend you know to the last friday and it definitely very much credit ish for um helping me not just take pride in but I start to adore my Judaism and to live this life. And there were weekly, I was a TV producer in New York and H New York had weekly uh, singles um, Torah classes, Torah learning classes. And I went because my mom was so scared. I would like marry, you know, meet the wrong guy in the wrong place. You want to be married, nice Jewish boy and go to these singles classes, whatever they're Torah, but there'd be cute Jewish guys there. And, and that's how I became interested. And then that's eventually how I ended up at this weekend seminar. And that is how uh, I became religious. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so crazy and so beautiful. And again, like you said, a testament of God's hand in everything, which is the reason why we should just never worry. We just just stop. But why can't we stop yet? We can't stop. It's crazy. What's wrong with us? Because we should just, there's so many things, no matter who you are and where you are in your life, whatever age, whatever stage, whatever gender, wherever you are in the world, you can look back and you can see that hindsight is 2020, but it doesn't, we must use that as strength to stop worrying because it's so challenging. I have a theory on that. And my take on it is, or maybe it's not a theory on that or a solution to that. My take on it is, is that these conversations, picking up the phone and calling your friend and reminding her and say, I just want to share with you that this is what's happening in my life. And look how God has orchestrated it. You know, like talking about this, making it public, what you just told us how 20 years ago, because the more we talk about it, the more sensitive we become to seeing it again and again. And the more we see it, then the more we continue to see it and the less we fall into that place of worry and anxiety. So I think we have a responsibility to share when these little miracles or the hand of God, the divine providence is so obvious in our lives and we help strengthen ourselves and we in turn really are helping other people because it's just the sensitivity gets developed all around. And we're talking about, you know, you're talking about the ambition that the, that the rabbi has for the, for, for this, this company, right. Is to have, what was it in 10 years, 3 million million and 10, we call it 3 million and 10. Yep. Right. 3 million and 10. So p- part of all of this is creating that sensitivity. Like when people become sensitized to, oh, there is a God in the world that really has a hand in my life. Let me explore that further. And let me see what that relationship really can look like. And what does this God mean? Right. So we think this is this, these conversations are not trivial. They're really part of that. They're really part of that bigger vision. They are so much. And what the Rosh Yeshiva Rabbi Berkowitz has said is the goal here is not to make people religious. That's not the goal anymore. The goal is to realize that God is in your life, that Judaism Mm -hmm. is a godly religion, that there is a God and we have a relationship with him, period. It's about learning and applying Jewish wisdom and learning to your life and having that God conscious living. Mm -hmm. That's it. That is it. And the rest, yeah, the rest will work itself out. 
And the good news is the world is so ready. The world is so yeah. ready for this. And I, I, I just want to say that God willing, you won't even be working on this project for 10 years because Mashiach is going to come. And because in, 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 in no time, you're going to be, the, the, the world is going to open up to everything that you're giving to them with your talent and everything that your team is doing and everything that all of us are doing. And the world is just going to see the godliness everywhere. Mashiach will be here and we can sit back. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was secretly praying for, but let's just say it out loud and say it proud. Amen to that because exactly and 100% correct. I'm ready to retire. Like, let's do this and let's go. Let's, you know? <laughs> let's do it. Exactly. All right. So talking about this, I want to take us a little bit on the practical side. Now we went, you and I, we can fly to the spiritual oh. side very quickly. <laughs> totally. totally. But let's bring it back to practicality, to the Jamie who does it all. And let's help some of the listeners. You know, I have a lot of um, listeners and I'm coming across a lot of women more recently. I don't know if Rachel caught you up on what I've been working on the last year. 2020 has been a year of tremendous growth for me professionally. I've been teaching um, financial literacy and financial freedom to Jewish women and talk about how you use food to bring people closer to appreciate their heritage and whatever. I'm using money and finances to bring people to the awareness of God and infusing their financial life with Torah wisdom, which has been a beautiful experience. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. First of all, we need to talk offline because you need to be part of this like global Jewish media group. I, I'm, I'm not taking oh. no for an answer, but and we, by the way, we do, we ready to have Asian Latino and Spanish, half a million people come month. And so we are doing this in both Spanish and Hebrew also got a willing Russian, but for sure starting and like, you're going to be a superstar. And now we're talking about money. And if you're talking about God and money, basically what I do every night is I pray there'll be enough in the bank account for what we need. Is that what you're teaching? Or is there more to it? <laughs> There's a lot more to it, but this is the fundamental thing, people. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, just pray for that. Yeah. yeah. You got to keep praying for that. But yes, there is a lot more to it. And yes, I am your girl because I've been teaching this amazing program type called God Wants You to Be Rich, both in English and Spanish this year. And let me tell oh you- it has been a whole hit. I just got off the call with my students. I can't even tell you the breakthroughs, the improvement of people's marriages, the improvement in their, their own peace of mind. I'm telling you, Jamie, this is just unbelievable. So yes, we're going to talk about it. I love it. Done. We're, yeah. yeah. We're doing I love it. So let's talk about practicalities um, because you grew your company and I know a lot of women would love to know, you know, how does a person get to that place? And I know it's not an easy, it's not, that's not exactly the question. Basically, the question would be, I want to juggle a family life, but I also feel like there's something in me that wants to contribute, that I have something to offer. And I don't necessarily see that. I don't want to be under somebody's, you know, pay payroll. I want to do something on my own. And I think a lot of people are feeling that these days, especially women, but we still want to be involved in our families. We want to raise our children. We want to want solid marriages. So there's this angst to start to contribute. And I see it in my students like, okay, now I want to develop it. I want to grow money. I want to contribute to my family. It's not just about the money. It's about the service. And I feel like you have a lot to say about this because the way you started was, I want to serve. I want to serve the Jewish people. And here's a way that I can serve them. And yes, there's a lot of money that has come along the way. So why don't you give these ladies a, a few pointers on how to try to come, uh, comprehend how this can come about in your life or what have been like the steps or the lessons you've learned along the way that could be helpful for someone who's really wanting to explore and developing as an entrepreneur, but also as a family, uh, having a family, a family life. There's so many things. I mean, we could talk about this subject, you know, for the next 100 episodes, mm -hmm. uh, but certainly like a few tips that just that are coming to my mind as you're speaking. I mean, one is you must have a support system. You must there's no way to do it. We cannot do it all. The myth of the superwoman is, is a myth. And if you are going to go ahead and go for this, then you need to have a husband that helps a ton at home. You need to have parents or, or sister or neighbors or something like some level of infrastructure to help on the home front, because you can't do 
all of this and all of this, right? No one can see me now, but all of the professional and all of the personal to the highest level without that. And that is crucial, period. And for whatever reason, if, if you don't have that integral support system, then one of the sides is going to have to give and you're going to have to make the decision. Obviously, I would never sacrifice family. So I would say, so maybe it won't be the biggest business and it won't be the most money and it won't be, but you could still carve out something. You could still be entrepreneurial. Everything doesn't have to be on the, the scale of zero to 60. You know, there's a lot of in between there. Um, but if you're certainly going to go for it in a very, very meaningful way without that, su- that supportive spouse, it's extremely challenging, extremely, mm-hmm. extremely. Um, the next thing that I would say is, as a working mother, you have to know and get used to. And I'm like closing my eyes as I'm thinking about it because it's so challenging, but that it is uh, quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. You're going to miss out on things. You can't be everywhere. And you have to make the time that you are there count. When I go and I have dinner with the family or when I at some, some school event, I don't even bring my phone. And like I ask someone else to take pictures because I know that I will be distracted and I can't afford to be at the things that I'm at and be there for my kids, whether it's story time, bedtime, dinner time, or, or whatever class, graduation, play, et cetera, performance. It has to be without that because otherwise I'm not completely there. And this whole style and concept of mindfulness and living in the moment and living, that's much more trendy, but that wasn't for the last few years. And, and it's, it really helps you with everything. It helps you if you have challenges with your, you know, eating and weight, be mindful, be present while you eat, enjoy, you'll, you'll realize what you're doing more. So when you're, when you're time, it's time to relax and it's time to exercise and it's time to give to you, be mindful, same with the children and same with the family and same with the spouse. So those are sort of two things. And again, we could go on forever, but the two quick things that came to mind. I, I, I think those are beautiful and super practical and super important. And to, to, to a testament to what you just said um, about your life, that when I went to Israel, what was it already? My son is almost 15. So it was two years ago. Um, I don't know if you recall this, but we were meant to meet. I invited you to come meet and Rachel had organized a little gathering and your response to me, which I remember to this day, and I'm very much respected because it speaks to what you just said was, yeah, Elle, I'm sorry to do this, but I have decided that I don't go out at night anymore unless it's like something major. And I was like, this is a clear example of boundaries. And this is what you just said. Those are the boundaries. Yes, I would love to meet Yael. Of course, it would be so fun. But you know what? It's going to take away from my family time. And then I'm going to be tired the next morning. And it's, you know, sometimes you have to say where, what are those priorities, right? And you're going to make, have to make those tough calls, but being very clear, like you said, on this is, I'm not bringing the phone here, or I'm not going out after a certain amount, unless it's, I don't know, I have to meet the prime minister. <laughs> Come on, Jamie, I'm not the prime minister. <laughs> you will be one day. I believe in you if, that, if that's what you want. But that's very much the truth. And, and when I say that, that's a fabulous example. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. And also what I say is, um, it, you, like I said, you can't do everything. So because I have such a high powered entrepreneurial drive and devotion to that, I have sacrificed a lot of friendships. I have. I don't have as many um, as you would think, as you'd imagine for someone who's obviously has seemed very outgoing and social. And of course, I'd love that. But because I don't go out at night unless it's for work, um, you know, like some like I, I have an engagement that I have to be present at or like you said, it's something that's very, very large and demanding on my time. Um, I'm happy to do if I can work it into the schedule coffee or during the during the daytime hours with a friend but usually usually it's so booked up that those coffee like my friends become the people I work with because yeah. I'll make time if it's a networking or a business opportunity but I don't always have the time for just a, bre- a bagel with a friend you know so uh, here and there I can but I have not been able to do everything and that's one thing that I have decided that you know I'm sacrificing in exchange for being more with my family and giving more to my business mm-hmm. so you know, you just have to make the choices. And I'm not saying that it's the right choice for everyone. You don't have to go so in hyper overdrive, you know, with your profession if you don't want. But there are things because you can't do it all. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that you said is you mentioned you needed to have the support system. And the first thing that you mentioned in that support system is your husband. And before I, I want to talk about that in a minute, but before I said I, the, the other thing that came to mind right away when you said that is I thought of the H at Heil, the poem that we read every f- Friday night. And we look at this woman and she was I mean, talk about an MBA, like this woman was doing it all, but she really wasn't doing it all on her own. I mean, there was, you could tell from the poem, there was a whole support system. There were, um, there were employees that she managed, that she directed, that she told them what to do. I mean, there was her role. It's like, it's exactly what you said. We have to find that support system, but let's talk about the husband, because I know your husband has been very supportive since the beginning. And I would love to hear about his role in all this. Does he work with you now? Is he part of your company? So it's very interesting. So um, first of all, I always say behind every woman is a man who loves and supports her and holds it down and keeps everything going. And it takes a very strong man, very, very secure man to allow his wife to go out there and shine and to give her the courage and the confidence and the love to go ahead and do that, you know, with a wild abandon. So mm-hmm. it really, he is unbelievable. And there are many like, you know, him out there who do that, you know, for their wives. And I wish to everyone who wants that, that they find that, you know, and you have that too. Um, but initially um, he was learning um, a part-time uh, half day um, in like a, a rabbinical program, I mm-hmm. call it, I guess. And, um, and now recently in the last few years, he has to, had to push to do that a little bit less and, and work with me because the work has become like, wow. <laughs> and I, and I did need help. Um, but you know, we made a financial decision. I didn't want to take on more on top of the company in terms of, um, expenses. I love to be able to run, this will be different probably at Aish, but the way that I run Kosher uh, Network International, which is my company, KNI, I love keeping it lean. And I love mm-hmm. being very nimble. And to take on another role, another person financially, I, I didn't want the, I didn't want that, you know, financially on the company. And he is just my partner in everything. And he came in and he's like, okay, let's do this, you know. And he's always seen the greater vision and the dream. And so yeah, we do work together part time, but you know, he does, uh, he does sort of like all of the business management and business development side of the business. Are you an entrepreneur looking to make 2021 the year you get more support, accountability and inspiration to move your business forward? then check out the Rise Mastermind with Dr. Asi Yankovic. 2020 was a year of masterminding for me. Yes, a first, and I loved it. I love the community. I love the impact of a well-facilitated mastermind with a highly intuitive coach like Azzy. So this might be where you're headed as well. Listen, it's easy to set goals, to take steps forward, and then lose momentum when we don't have the inspiration and the backing of a strong support system and people cheering you on. Well, let me tell you, when you join a mastermind like Dr. Aziz, you will focus on strategies, mindset, and the concrete actions you need to take each month to move your business forward. I like the sound of that. And if you do too, head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Dr. Azzy. That's D-R-A-Z-I. And as an exclusive gift to all my listeners, when you enroll in the program, you will get a 30-minute one-on-one clarity session with Dr. Azzy. The perfect way to head into a new business year, don't you think? Check it out at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Dr. Azzy. That's D-R-A-Z-I. So does that mean, Jamie, that you've been the major breadwinner of the family for a while? Yeah, yeah. It's been over 10 years for sure, but it might be it might be 12. Yeah, over 10. Yeah. Oh, 
Again, a role that is becoming more and more common. And I think, um, like you said, there are definitely men out there who really are extremely supportive and confident. And um, when we get one of those, hold on to them dearly. (laughs) I always say you're a keeper. Like he's such a keeper. I'm going to keep him. But no, he started, we started our, uh, our career, our marriage together. I was a TV producer and he was a financial advisor and he worked for HSBC and Chase and all of Mm -hmm. the big banks. And then when my career started, then, you know, I had this career change. We've talked about it before. And when it started taking off and I started traveling a lot, we actually had help six days a week, 10 hours a day. So, you know, we never went to this place of living, but she would come at seven in the, sometimes 12 hours, seven in the morning and leave 7 PM and like six days a week. And it was like, I said to him, like, we have this beautiful Jewish family so that like somebody else with a different background, culture, heritage and education, whatever can raise them. Like you're out there, I'm out here, let's do it. And I really loved what I was doing and I wanted to only continue in person. Like I was on fire with it. And he was like, you know, less, he was like, fine, you know, like let's, he, he cared less. He was, he was married less to his profession. It was mm-hmm. there because of the job, but not as like a, a lifestyle. And so yeah. he made room for me. Yeah. And, and I mean, I could see how, because your why is so clear and it's so beautiful. And I could see why his, your why became his why. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're serving the Jewish people. What could be better? Right. And if this is one, it's going to give, um, it's going to, this is how the money is going to come to our family. That's amazing. But I'm, this is, this is, there's a very, very strong why. And definitely I'm sure it felt stronger than, you know, going through his job, which is also a very nice job. But um, if you had to choose, then let's support Jamie in this. (laughs) Yeah. I think he felt that it was something special and something Mm -hmm. that I just couldn't let go of. And by the way, when I was a TV producer, I let go of it. Like I was like, it was great while I had it. And then like when I didn't want it, I didn't want it. So I know what it's like to be good at your job, to do well, to love it, but it's not like, your passion, you know, mm-hmm. even though you might be exceptional at it and you might do well and people, you know, expertise does not equal passion. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I had that already once in my life and he had that, you know, moment, I always would call it coming to Moses moment. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's what I really want to be doing. So. Yeah. 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 Actually, I should ask you since I, I like to, um, you know, reference money a little bit. At what point in the journey did you guys see that your career was able to, um, to substitute his salary. And so it made sense for him to let go of his job and you guys just live off of your company. Was this two years in, three years in, five years in? When would you say that happened? Great question. So I think that's what I was trying to figure out. Um, My first book came out 13 years ago. And I think that we've been doing this for 10 years. So I think it was three years in that we were Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is something because it's not overnight and people get so nervous when they start the business and when they're going to start to see profit. We spent three years reinvesting in ourselves and in, in what I is now our family business over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And until we realized, mm-hmm. okay, th- this is something that could take us. And even to this day, the kids all help. Like, I really feel like it's, you know, a family, <laughs> a family business on some I'm level. Sure. So <laughs> I'm sure and I'm sure I'm sure your kids are such a big part of it, because that is just the nature of who you are. I mean, this is and I love what you said of you have to make that decision and kind of look at your business and say, one minute, if I'm building this, it's because I'm I, it has to be something that works with my bigger goal as a, a in part of my what I want in my life. And what I want in my life is to have a Jewish family. So how yeah. do we make this business work with that? Yeah. Correct. 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 Beautiful. 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 You know, I like asking this question to guests. I don't think when you were here, I asked it to you, but what will you say, Jamie, what do the words a joyful, richer Jewish life mean to you? Wow. You asked the best questions. (laughs) Um, Joyful really means finding happiness in the everyday moments. It's so easy to find happiness in the milestones, right? Mm-hmm. We just made a Corona bar mitzvah, but a bar mitzvah. Yes, I'm crying how, that we got to this moment. Remember my baby, look at us now. We've come to this Jewish milestone um, that, you know, every Jewish boy and every family of, a, you know, of a, of a Jewish uh, male child is waiting for. Those are, it's, hot, it's easy to be happy in those moments, but how are we happy in the everyday and in, um, in the, 
in the moments where uh, we're cooking for Shabbat, when we don't have time, when we're stressed and we're tired, how do we find happiness and the joy when um, my daughter, we are talking about all, all beginnings are hard. I have a second daughter starting high school this year. It's very, very hard. So how do we find the happiness in those challenges and in, in the time with my spouse? And the, that's what I think means that that's the joyfulness. The joyful has, when you meet someone who's joyful, it's because they're joyful. They exude that on a regular basis, not because you see them smiling for a picture, you know? So that's the joyful Richer, I, are we talking about money or <laughs> um, no? I know. Take, take um, it however way you want. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like it's going deeper in some way, mm -hmm. you know, than, uh, than the, just the topical, the physicality of doing the action of lighting the Shabbat candles, but somehow being, we spoke about this before, being mindful, being richer, meaningful, mindful, it's being present in the moment and what that means and remembering that my Jewish mother and grandmother and great-grandmother have been doing this and my children are watching me now and I, I would like them to do it. That's the richness, I think, of it and con connecting to past, present, future mm -hmm. in, in these moments. So I would think that the, the joy and the meaning. You know, it's, again, this bring, brings us back full circle to your new role with Aish, because the, what, what, you're what you're accomplishing now is really having people connect to that deeper, the deeper meaning be behind those rituals, bringing to them, they, they, they know, oh, they heard about it, they learned it in Hebrew school, they saw, but it's bringing that depth, that richness into their lives, that's really where the self growth and the growth for the for everybody collect personal growth and collective growth is right there once we can learn and see that this really has meaning that this Judaism is alive and meaningful and relevant relevance relevant is so important and you know um I don't know if you ever listened to Rabbi Eli Melech Biederman he's a great Hasidic we're like obsessed with him he's a wonderful Hasidic um storyteller and, and thought leader and rabbi and um a real, real genius. And he was saying that people come all the time to him and say like, I'm just not feeling it. I just don't feel it. And we're talking about even those who are, who are observant, who are orthodox. You know, this day they say is, you know, a special spiritual day and you should, you should pray on this particular day. They say the last day of Hanukkah is the most powerful. And I just, but I just don't feel it. I just, and how much, how many of us don't feel it? And I think that then we talk about rich meaning relevancy, like that's what we're striving. We're striving for it trying, striving to be able to tap in to all of this supernatural spiritual moments around us. And that is both through ritual, through prayer, through sometimes just the day, just the time period of Hanukkah was a level where like miracles happen and spirituality and supernatural is brought down into this world. So being able to feel that, that to me is the richer. And he, he gave a great example. He said, you get on an elevator and maybe bring a guy from a small village who doesn't know, you know, uh, very much about, you know, tall buildings and skyscrapers, but he has to go for a meeting and he gets on an elevator and his meeting's on the hundredth floor. He gets in the elevator, the door is closed. He presses a hundred and a minute later, whatever, you know, the door is open. And I said, you've arrived like you're on the hundredth floor. He's like, but I don't feel it. I don't, I don't feel like I'm on the hundredth floor. Like I didn't feel myself going up a hundred flights. Now that I'm standing, I don't feel that I'm a hundred flights high up. But what, but get off. You're here. Like, but I don't feel it. What do you mean? You don't feel it. You got to get off. Like, so it's like, just because you don't feel it, it doesn't mean that you haven't arrived there and that there's not what to tap into. And so he tells it much better than me, but I keep, I keep thinking about that. I'm on the hundredth floor. Like how, how do I feel? How do I realize I'm here and tap into this moment? I love that. I love that. I love that. So I don't know if you recall, but I always like to crown my guests with what I call JLP fill in the blanks. And I wanted to cheat and see what you responded last time, but I didn't get a chance to do that. So we're going to do it again. And then I might call you and tell you, by the way, you said the same thing or you didn't. I don't know. So we're going to do it again. Totally. Yeah. Totally. We're going to do it again because it's so much fun. You ready for these? Yeah, ready. All right. So the first one is I'm Jamie Geller and I feel most spiritual when I pray. Hmm. You know, I remember from our conversation, I asked you about prayer and you said something that's still look, how about the hell I'm here on my desk right here, right here. 
And I'll tell you why. No, I don't know if it's why, but it definitely affects this behavior. Because I remember you told me, you know, one of the things that I regularly do is I pause, there's a WhatsApp about somebody's ill, whatever people need. And obviously this year, people have, there's a lot of tell them to be said, unfortunately. So you did t- tell me that you will pause and you will say the 20th chapter of Tehillim. And, um, and I, I remember that. And I've had how many conversations on this podcast? <laughs> 100 and what? I'm so touched that you remember that. And I want to say just to add to that, as a businesswoman, entrepreneur, before I send a big email, mm-hmm. a big proposal, before I have a big meeting, I say it to Hillam. Mm-hmm. You know, like it has, it can't just be there for obviously the people sick in need, whatever. It has to also be brought into your professional life as well. If you want to be God conscious, like, you know, you might, you want to say the right words, do the best at the meeting and all of that, but you need to say the prayer for that as well. Uh, I'm with you. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I love it. All right. My favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is. It could be prayer, but it could be something else. Right. Um, favorite mitzvah. Oh, my gosh. I guess lighting candles keeps popping into my mm-hmm, head. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that's like because there's a there's something so visceral and so physical. And as the sun is setting and it starts to get darker and the candles flicker, I think it just takes you into another time and place and space. So that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think definitely as an entrepreneur also, it's like that. definitely. <laughs> it's like you exhale for the first time all week yeah like yeah what would we do without Shabbos I'm not sure exactly but thank God for it all right my fondest sweetest Jewish memory is my grandparents and the holidays with my grandparents Mm -hmm. that's so nice where did you grow up Jamie Philly oh very nice all right something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is that it's empowering for women. I always thought that it was, there was no space for women in Judaism and Orthodox Judaism. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be the opposite. So yep. I wish I knew that earlier, but I'm glad that at least I've lived to see that misconception completely thrown out the window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think you gave me that answer and I agree completely with you. When I give tzedakah, I'd like to give to Learning Torah, that would be the number one. I give mm-hmm. to people that sit and learn Torah um, on, as a full-time endeavor. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm sure living in Israel, you have a lot of opportunities to do that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, all over the world, but yeah. 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 Meaning, I mean, not that I'm giving all over the world, but that there are people all over the world who are dedicating yeah. themselves to learning Torah. And so I, I think it's, I think it's uh, not an easy thing. And mm-hmm. I think it's that that is what the world is standing on and existing on. And for those of us that can't, we must give to support mm-hmm. that. So beautiful, because when we bring it back to Torah, the response of, you know, you have Isachar and Zavulun, right? And you have the business, the business partner and the Torah partnership. And so you're on the business side, right? Which obviously has a very clear Jewish why, but you're an, you're, as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, you see very clearly that, you know, the Torah learners need to be supported. And that is just so beautiful because it's a partnership that God has told us that we need to embark on. Absolutely. And completely. Mm-hmm. And finally, I'm Jamie Geller. And today I'm most grateful for this conversation. <laughs> it has been such a day. I can't even tell you. And every time we get together, it so fills my soul. I don't know what took us so long. And we are, we are connecting after this and we're figuring out a way without getting together at night that we can. Um... <laughs> I also don't like going out at night. So we're a shit. <laughs> we are a total shit on that. Crazy, crazy. Jamie. Bye. This has been so rewarding. You are so special. It is such a pleasure. Much at Slacha. I know this is going to be so wonderful. I cannot wait to see the fruits of this new endeavor with Jewish Media Group with Aish. I mean, this is just fabulous. Congratulations. They definitely got the right woman for the job. And again, much continued success. And yes, we shall continue to get together and do amazing things together. And I actually feel like with you praying for me and giving me all these blessings that we will get there. So thank you so much for this opportunity and for all the tremendous love, support and blessings that you've shared and bestowed in this last hour. Just a pleasure. Thanks to Jamie Geller for stopping by. You can find Jamie at jamiegeller.com and on Instagram at jamiegeller.com. 
Ladies, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Will you do me a favor and share it with a woman who will appreciate it just as you did? And hey, while you're at it, why don't you scroll down to that iTunes review section and leave a review and rating. It is so easy. Literally takes a few seconds. I so appreciate those reviews and I appreciate your time because I know it is one of your most valuable resources. And speaking about time. How is everybody doing this time of year? It's an interesting time. I feel like for some people, it's super productive. And for some of us, it's more of a time to recharge. And the funny part is that I had deluded myself into thinking that I would be super productive and I'd be promoting, I'd be ready to offer my latest program. But honestly, I want time. I need time. I need time to relax. I need time to recharge. I need time to get my house back in order. My house has been severely neglected the past few months during this pandemic. Um, I want to get some repairs on the way. Plus, I I want to settle my kids hopefully back into school, although it looks like we'll continue online for another few weeks. And once they're settled, you know, aside from the home front, I, I need to look at accounts. Um, it's something that I already started doing with my husband, but I do need to look at my business account. I need to start organizing things for taxes, believe it or not. All that to say that I literally deluded myself into thinking that January would be this creative, productive month, when in reality, I was thinking back to other years, every single year, January, pandemic or not, no pandemic, is a very introspective, quiet month of recharge for me. It's like once the kids settle back after winter break, I always need to catch my breath and get organized and plan my year and listen, this is when I do it, January, and this year is no different. And perhaps this applies even more. I mean, we had, you know, we it's been it's been a crazy ride. <laughs> um, and you know what, it's here's where I really had to be honest with myself and accept that this is actually the best thing for me and for my business. I need the time. And when I looked at my calendar a couple weeks ago, I looked at my January calendar, I was shocked to see how many commitments already back in December, we're already booked for January. I looked at my calendar and between the podcast recordings that were scheduled, the courses that I teach, as you know, I teach my 10-week signature program in Spanish. Plus, I run a membership, which is also amazing. It's on financial freedom. It's also in Spanish. You can DM me on Instagram if you want and learn more about that. And then the speaking engagements that I have booked. I mean, there was so much on the calendar that I told my assistant, what is this? Like, how, how am I supposed to really get anything done? Just block my January calendar. In fact, block my calendar until February 15th. This is insane. I need the space. I need the space in my calendar to plan and to create so I can show up in 2021 for you in the best possible way. So that's what's happening. Will there be a financial freedom program in English? Yes, of course there will be, but I'm not rushing into it. I mean, if you've been in any of my programs, you know that I put my heart and soul into it and I want at the very least to be finished with the Spanish cohort. I think that's the smart thing for me to do. And it has been such an amazing cohort. It has been like super lovely. And I want to be finished with that at the very least before I jump into full gear with the next program. But please, if you're interested, do join that waitlist because really it helps me plan. And yes, if you did already join it in December, of course, anytime that you join it, I mean, I'll honor my word and have some super fun bonuses for all of you on the waitlist who joined the program. And it's these are going to be exclusively for you even before the doors open for everybody else. So there's no change there. Now, I'd love to know if you're feeling the same way as I am. I mean, I'd love to know if January is like your super productive month or is it more of a recharge month? Let me know. Send me an email or just let me know on Instagram. Tell me in your stories and um, and tag me. That would be fun. All right, ladies. Next week, we have a super entrepreneur. <laughs> I didn't actually didn't realize that we were going to have two um, serial entrepreneurs back to back. Um, we have the host of Amigas in Business, Orid Benzakian, with us. And for now, I just really, really hope that you have a wonderful, relaxing week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.